Hi, I'm Monica Ortiz, and you are watching the Masters of Mindfulness series on a personal note. On this show, I will be talking to people who have gone through and or are going through their healing process and changing their lives. I will also be speaking to different professionals who have important things to teach us. I truly believe knowledge is power and I work on gaining knowledge and expanding my mind every day. Today's guest is Captain Max Hinkst. He has been with the Los Angeles Fire Department for 32 years and he has been a paramedic for 33 years. Captain Hanks is the author of LAFD, FFPM, Memoirs of an Outside Dog, which you can find on Amazon. I think it's an amazing book that tells real stories about the lives of firefighters and paramedics. Captain Hengst and I have been friends for 10 years now, and I've heard some of the most amazing stories that he and his coworkers have been through, and I brought him on the show today to enlighten you, the viewers out there, to what firefighters really do, because most of the time we associate with firefighters with just fighting fires. Welcome to the show. Captain Hanks. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. And actually, I'm going to call you Max. Yes, please do. Because please do. <laughs> we've known each other a million years, yeah. and I don't think I've ever called you Captain Hanks. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> so, you wrote um, this amazing book, I think, when we met or a little after we met? After, after we met. Okay. Yeah. And I have to tell you, knowing you and you know, us talking for so many years, because you're actually, people don't know this yet, but you're a screenwriter as well. Yes. And that's actually how we met, yes. was through one of your screenplays. And you told me you were a captain of the firefighter, uh, sorry, captain of the fire department then, and we just started talking, you have these amazing stories. They're sometimes incredible, outrageous, hard to believe, yes. just, not just your own personal stories, but stories that you've shared with me from your co-workers as well. Yeah. How's it been being a firefighter? Oh, it's been an eye-opening experience. <laughs> uh, everyone has this idea of what the fire department is. Yeah. A bunch of macho guys showing up, taking cats out of trees, <laughs> okay. things of that nature. But um, when you get on the job, you find it's completely different. Right, yeah. right. And you started as a paramedic. Started as a paramedic Yeah. back in 19... 84. Okay. And yeah. what made what drew you to being a paramedic? Um, the show Emergency. Everybody who's my generation, uh, it's funny because we joke about it a lot at okay. work. We say, uh, we, say oh, we shouldn't have watched that show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, I remember also, too, my dad was a big fan of that show. Okay. And he told me one day, he said, you know, if you're going to be like somebody, you'd be like those guys on that show. Oh, wow. And I went, okay. Trying to please my dad. Okay. But then I got very interested in it, and this is where I'm at now. Okay. And and so you started as a paramedic, and what are some of the things that you saw being a paramedic? Um, you see um, a lot of, uh, obviously, tragedy, because the only reason why they call us is when they're having a bad day. Right. Um, you see a lot, of, a lot of things, a lot of the calls we go on, you sit back and analyze the call, and you realize that, oh, this could have been avoidable. Right. An avoidable accident, avoidable injury, right? Things of that nature. Um, you s just you see the um, human condition at its worst. Okay. You know, 
And then uh, sometimes you see things that you're like, why did you call us? Right. Why did you call us for this? You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. So you get you get the gambit. Okay. You know. Yeah. And the stress levels, because I want to talk about stress and, and yes. being a firefighter because it's not... It's not an easy job. No. I mean, we, again, we think of you guys and we go, oh, cat in the tree or, yeah. you know, there's a fire. Yeah. They have to come fight the fire. And we don't think of the actual, because you just said you run the gamut of calls mm -hmm. and you see the worst of human condition. Right. And that's stressful. Very stressful. Okay. So what do you and your coworkers, how do you, how do you deal with that? Well, first and foremost, um, when you get on this job, they teach you how to handle every type of call. Okay. But the one thing they don't teach you is how to take care of yourself okay. um, mentally and emotionally. Right. And so what you end up doing is you end up depending on your partners, yeah. the uh, other co-workers at work, and many times that's not good. Mm -hmm. um, there's also the stigma that if you ask for help, oh, maybe something's wrong with you. Right. Um, we see PTSD being used a lot nowadays. Okay. Um, one doctor explained to me, he says, you know, we send uh, soldiers in uh, for maybe a two-year stint. Right. But he says, we send you folks in for, forever. For, you know, and in my case, 30-some-odd years. Yeah. 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 And what you do finally is uh, the ones who survive and the ones who want to take care of themselves, um, you just cast aside what people would think because you want to fix yourself. Otherwise, right. you're not going to survive. Right. Um, so all sorts of things. I went and, uh, well, I did it the wrong way first. Okay. Okay, and a lot of people do it the wrong way. Um, do what the wrong way? Try to cure their stress. Okay. And yeah. um, a lot of people turn to uh, chemicals, chemical okay. dependence. Um, it's funny because uh, once in a while, I'll run across a firefighter. You know, this job doesn't affect me. I don't see why you people are concerned. But then you ask them, what marriage is this for you? Right. Well, this is like my second or third marriage, yeah. you know. And um, you find out that his life isn't as going as smooth as he would like for you to think. Right. So it just goes to show you how affected he is. What I finally did was I had to stop thinking of what people would think. Right. And I just went out and got some help. Good. And to this day, uh, I go see a doctor. Okay. I have a very good doctor. She's okay. very good friends with me. And it allows me to get rid of the stress by just talking about it. Right. You know, and hopefully laughing about a lot of the things yeah. too. Yeah. And um, amazingly enough, uh, a lot of my coworkers that I talk to, they do the same thing. Okay. But it's a requirement in order for them to be able to continue working. Right, right. Yeah. And one of the things that you said uh, a moment ago was that you turn, you know, a lot of times you turn to your coworkers, yeah. and so at when you're at the firehouse, you guys are talking about all the stuff that you've just been through, mm -hmm. and that actually keeps it there, right? And it keeps it in. Yes, there's, it's not an outlet. It's an outlet because you're talking about it, but but there's no real coping mechanism. There's no real right. uh, situation where you're going, okay, well, we went through this, and so here's how to deal with that emotionally, right. Right. because there are emotions tied to it. Yes. You know, you, yes. you're a firefighter because you care, mm -hmm. not because you're a macho dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little bit because you're a macho dude, but not because you're a macho dude, you want to go out and, you know, basically die in a fire, because right. that mm -hmm. has happened. Yes. You know? It's happened to a couple of friends of mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen your posts. Yeah. We're Facebook friends. Yeah. Yeah, and I see your posts and, you know, the whole, you know, memorial that you want to give to them and, and stuff. So 
So that actually does happen. And since meeting you, here's the funny thing, since meeting you, I've actually now know more firefighters. Oh, and I okay. think it's because of the respect that I now have for what you guys do. Well, thank you. And for what you, for what you, for what you really do and for who you really are. Because since I've met you, I've actually had two situations. One where I was in a fire, an oven blew up on me, big ball of flame. Mm -hmm. And luckily the firefighters there, because I had known you, I made friends with all my local firefighters. Yeah. And so they were on scene right away, rushed mm -hmm. me to ICU. And then the second time I was in a really bad car crash yes. and they had to come pull me out of the car with a brace and yeah. on the board and the whole thing and then take me to the hospital. Yeah. So, you know, knowing you has given me a deep respect I thank you. <laughs> for you guys and really what you guys through because now I know what you go through yeah. and how not easy it is. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's not the cat in the tree yeah. and the, and the, oh, let's just go take our hose and yeah. <laughs> yeah. pull this out. Yeah. You know, you guys are there for everything. Yes. Everything. We see we see that nowadays too. Uh, um, when I first came on the job, uh, the call load was approximately to us a busy day for the entire city of Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. it's, we all know it's huge. Yes. Um, was 600 calls a, calls a shift for the entire city. Okay. We're up to close to 2,000 now. <gasps> what? Yeah. The population's uh, gotten bigger, but also the people are now calling us. If you think about it, we're the last agency that will be at your doorstep in five minutes. Yeah. You know, if you call the police, they're usually busy. Um, many times if you call the police, it's for a police report. Yeah. And so you wait in line. Unless somebody's trying to kill you, yeah. um, you're gonna wait in line. Yeah. Um, you call the electrical company. Um, who knows when they'll show up because they're busy. Right. Gas company, same thing. But people now understand when you dial 911, we're there in five minutes. So, so yeah, I see that you guys take care of a lot of stuff because actually uh, I was driving down Coenga uh, Boulevard and the as I was driving and I almost got to Melrose, there was on that whole block, there was a like water, yes. almost a flood. It was coming into half mm -hmm. of the street. It was so much and it hadn't rained. Right. So uh, as I turned on, on Melrose, made a right, then again, like there's a ton of water. Mm -hmm. And so I called 911 because for me, you know me, I'm all about Mother Earth yes. and the environment and mm -hmm. so on and so forth. So I was like, wait a minute, there's water coming from somewhere, some pipe's broken, like something yeah. happened. And the way I think, it's like, okay, this water's now flooding the street, which means yes. it's been going on for a while. Right. Why hasn't anybody called? Why isn't anybody out? This is water. I don't know if it's the reclaimed water. I don't know if it's fresh water. So something needs to be done. So yeah. I called 911 right. and basically they connected me to the fire department. Yes. Yeah. They were like, okay, this is yeah. their job. <laughs> Can you locate where the pipe is? I'm like, I'm driving, but yeah. I need to make you aware that like the whole street's flooded or actually two streets. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys take care of a whole heck of a lot. Yes. Um, freeway accidents. Yes. All the time. Are you guys jobs? How did that happen? Cause you're the paramedics. Because we're the paramedics, um, throughout the United States, uh, they made agreements a long time ago. Um, that when there's a traffic accident, and of course the police has, it takes time for them to arrive, um, people started thinking, hey, you know, somebody might be injured. 
Yeah. And I had a partner years ago, and she explained to me before the seatbelt law came into effect, she remembers going on um, a traffic death just about every shift. Okay. Ugh. Because there was no safety uh, tools in place. So people were hitting up against metal uh, dashboards, going through windshields. Um, cars were collapsing in on people. Now with um, the curtain airbags, right. seat belts, and everything, you know, people's got a good fighting chance, and we see it. We see it all the time. But just to hear her say that she was going on a, a traffic accident death. Wow. Um, it's we don't see that anymore. Okay. And so they made those agreements that if we get notified that there's a traffic accident, let's automatically send just to make sure that everyone's okay. Oh, okay. And wow. that's why they do it. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And many of our traffic accidents are minor to moderate, but every so often you go on something that it opens up our eyes as soon as we arrive. Right, so it's right. a good thing that we arrive. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. And then you also get called out again because you're paramedics. Mm -hmm. You get called out on drug overdoses. Yes. You get called out on, t talk about some of the calls that you get called out on. I get everything. Uh, when I was down in a, what was known as South Central Los mm -hmm. Angeles back in the uh, 80s, 80s up through the 90s. Okay. And we were going on shootings. Oh. In fact, um, Los Angeles became the shooting capital of the United States at the time. Wow. So in that one particular area where I was located, there was approximately, let's say about seven or eight ambulances. Okay. And each paramedic ambulance at the time were, were going on approximately, let's go three shootings a shift. Wow. So three times eight. And usually the shootings were, you had one gang going against the other, you had the Bloods versus the Crips. I knew things were totally out of control when we started seeing Crips shooting Crips oh, wow. and blood shooting Bloods because it was so lucrative to sell the drugs oh. that they started turning on each other. Oh my gosh. So when on that, um, it's totally subsided now. Right. And the whole yeah. area has changed. Yeah. So you guys have to go out on those calls and right. to, to like rescue people or you know, were you ever put in danger's way? Yeah, we um, have a ballistic. Back then when I, when I was on the department, we bought our own bulletproof vests. Wow. So I got to a point because we were going on so many of these shootings that I would sleep in my vest. Wow. Because many times the door would ring and you go down to the fire station, the front entrance, and uh, somebody's there bringing in a victim. Oh, wow. So for us to work on. And many times also around the station, it was funny because we would sit in our dorm and all of a sudden we'd hear gunfire. And next thing you know, me and my partner would start getting dressed. Yeah. And what are you guys getting dressed for? People would ask. We said, we're going to go out on this call. Yeah. And about a minute or two later, the bell would go off and en oh, wow. route we would go. My goodness. Yeah. And uh, thankfully, that's died down considerably. Right, right, right. Um, we go on difficulty breathings. Yeah. You know, uh, with the older population, you get a lot of people with uh, heart conditions, anywhere from uh, diabetes, heart, stroke, um, any type of medical problem, mm -hmm. because obviously they're getting older. Right. Uh, we go on those a lot, especially um, there are certain districts where 
the district's filled with quite a few of the elderly, so that, yeah. that you're going on medical, what we consider real medical calls all day long. Oh, wow. In that aspect, as opposed to the trauma calls. Okay. Um, we have a huge uh, transient population mm -hmm. in our district now, um, and with that comes um, major drug use. Okay. So we've seen um, meth use skyrocket. Okay. Um, Opiates, uh, we go on overdoses quite a bit. And the newest uh, drug problems that um, is, has, we, were in, we were informed that's happening now is fentanyl. Okay. And I don't know if you know what fentanyl is. It's a, it's a, a synthetic opiate. Oh, oh And they okay. said it's, it's 10 times yeah. more hardcore than um, heroin. If you're around it, if you inhale it, you'll get the effects of it. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, heroin is funny because we know when a new batch of heroin comes into town okay. because then all of a sudden we start going on heroin overdoses okay. and then it dies down. But now fentanyl, it's an, it's an as I stated, synthetic opiate. They usually give those to people who are on cancer okay. or who have cancer, excuse me, uh, people coming out of surgeries, fractured hips and so forth. And the thing with fentanyl, it comes in a paste form as well. Okay. So it makes it easy for them just to put a paste patch on and apply it to the place where you're aching or where you're hurt. Well, right. of course, you got people out there who want to make money off of that. So that's now the big thing, and that's happening across the United States. And so you're seeing drug overdoses from that? Drug overdoses, yeah. Wow. Considerable wow. amount. Um, we have... A lot of traffic in um, California. I'm noticing a trend. I uh, talked to my uh, co-workers about it. Um, there used to be a downtime in traffic on the freeways. And approximately between 2 o'clock and 5 o'clock in the morning was a dead time. Okay. Less traffic. Yeah. We're starting to see traffic 24-7. Yeah. And along with that, um, a skyrocketing in traffic accidents. Um, you got people who are leaving the bars at yeah. 2 o'clock. Yeah. So they're crashing. The big thing that we're seeing out there is the use of uh, cell phones. And we're starting to see a lot of single car accidents. Yeah. And we said, where's the other car? No, there was not a car. It was just this one vehicle hitting a tree, yeah. hitting a parked car. And I'm like, oh, okay, he's distracted. So we, we're seeing a trend in a lot of distracted people because of their tablets, cell phones, yeah. it's, you know, it's constant. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Stop using them. Yeah. <laughs> Pay attention, because I've seen it. I've been hit, I was telling you before we, the show started, as mm. you know, because we've talked yeah. about it, I've been hit twice by somebody on their mobile phone. And then my kids were just in an accident uh, months before their wedding, and it was for a woman on her phone. Yes. Single driver mm -hmm. in the carpool lane. Yes. And then not paying attention, well, which sucks. What gets to me too is uh, the police are going hard on people who are using cell phones. Okay. So I would think that the people would be, you don't want that ticket. Tickets yeah. nowadays are expensive. I mean, a parking ticket's now $72 as opposed yeah. to, used to be 12. <laughs> and I sit high up on that engine and I look down and everyone's on their cell phone. Mm. <laughs> so I'm sitting there going, you want a ticket, really? Yeah. Well, that's the least of your problems. Mm. You get in an accident. That's even a bigger problem. Yeah, and it is distracting because even my GPS. So I call my GPS my arch nemesis. 
because there are times where it just stops working, yeah. you know, and, and I understand cells service and mm -hmm. things like that. But, you know, back in our day, we used the Thomas Guide. Right. And so we had the Thomas Guide and we had our little routes mapped out and mm -hmm. the whole thing. And I, th I feel like that was so much easier to whereas now you're paying attention to this little beautiful piece of machinery yes. and then it fades in and out and then it says reroute when it fades yeah. out and then comes back in, it reroutes you sometimes and it's yes. a nightmare and so i get distracted with that and and so sometimes i'm driving and i'm <laughs> pushing the button going <laughs> don't get me lost yeah. please yeah. don't get me lost you know and it's hard because and then I realize I'm distracted. Yes. You know, my, my kids know and my friends know now when when I'm driving, I don't like to text. Right. Um, I use the dictaphone, but then it goes to autocorrect. <laughs> <laughs> and the strangest things get typed on that thing. I remember one of my clients was, um, she was having a little bit of a meltdown. and But she was texting me and I wasn't able to read it. And so I just tried to calm her down and let her know that, hey, I'm driving and, you know, I can't really pay attention to this on and yes. so forth. And, and I don't know how this happened, but basically it typed out, you have a massive ego. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. that's a big problem. Yeah. And I was like, where? I, that didn't even come out of my yeah. mouth. Yeah. And so I got this flurry of long text that I couldn't read. <laughs> yeah. And so when I finally was able to pull over to see what was going on, I read all her texts. And then I was like, why is she saying these things? Yes. And then I had to scroll back and then I looked at my text and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so then I had to send her this massive apology text and I'm sorry, yeah. I was using the dictaphone just to let you know I yeah. couldn't talk and that you know I was in traffic and so on and so forth. And, um, and, and all of a sudden, you know, now I've called you this egomaniac and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know how that happened. So, so I try not to, I try yes. really hard not to. The most yeah. you'll see me in is using this, my arch nemesis, yeah. you know, the GPS. Well, and uh, us as firefighters and police officers, um, we know that that helps people get around it. So we don't have yeah. a problem because, yeah. you know, it's the new map. Yeah. And if it'll help, help you get from point A to point B yeah. faster, plenty yeah. good. But it's I just, still feel like it distracts yeah. you. Yeah, it's just the people that are sitting there that you see them having a long conversation. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. I, I ran across this woman actually and I was very, very upset. Yeah. Um, I almost called the cops on her. I was driving, but then I would have had to use my phone. I was driving <laughs> and, um, and on the freeway and there's this big minivan go in the in the, the passing lane and it's called a passing lane it's not the fast lane the the, the, the far left lane is not the fast it's called the passing lane because you're supposed to be passing cars so if you're going to get in that lane and you want to go 55 miles an hour no good advice D don't do it okay because you're going to cause an accident i'm saying no because i'm trying to help you you're going to cause an accident um move go out of the lane be aware go out of the lane and be safe be safe. That's yes. that's my whole thing. Because I've seen too many accidents. I've seen I've seen motorcycles flip off the freeway. Yes. I've seen motorcycles die on the freeway. I've seen people hit other people because they're not paying attention or their yeah. kid they're dealing with their kids or whatever. It's a vehicle it needs to be paid attention right. to. It's a, how much does a car weigh? 
<laughs> over a ton. Yeah, over a ton. It's yeah. over a ton. You are driving a, a, a steel, a metal, a fabrication, because some of them aren't metal anymore, uh, thing that weighs over a ton, and you can kill yourself or kill somebody else. So please just be aware. Yes. Um, but I was driving in the, in, and she was in the passing lane, and she, and I'm and like, why is she doing? You know, everybody else is doing 70. I know the yes. speed limit is 65, but everybody's doing 70 yeah. and everybody's fine doing 70, which is a miracle in Los Angeles, yes. first of all, right? Yes, right. Because there's a ton of traffic. Yeah. And and so we're all going, but she's doing 55. <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on? You know, she could, okay, there could be a problem. I give people benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Could be a problem. So I, I go up and, and oh, sorry, I get to where she's, at, and I look in and she's just having a jolly conversation on the phone. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, really? Again, you could kill somebody. Yes. You're not paying attention. You're mm -hmm. not aware because, and the reason I know you're not aware is because you're in the passing lane doing 55 miles an hour while everybody else is passing <laughs> you. Okay. That's not me making a judgment call. Yeah. That's me understanding a whole situation. And it's dangerous, right? Well, I knew, <laughs> I knew it was a problem. And uh, I remember this call. The car had veered off the freeway on the 134, and landed upside down in a ditch. So we go into the vehicle. We're calling for the appropriate resources to cut her out. Right. And me and my buddy, Bob Sanchez, we go crawling into and we look in the car. And this girl's all by herself, seat belted in, upside down, and she's still texting. <gasps> Oh my, so, oh my god. I go. Not a care in the world. Not a care in the world. Ugh. So I looked at her and I said, Don't tell me. This is what you were doing when you crashed. She said, Yeah. Oh my god. So it's still not because you guys are there to take care of her. Right. She knew somebody would come take care of her. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. It boggles my mind when I hear I'm driving. And I hear sirens. Okay. And you hear sirens, so you don't know if it's the firefighters, you don't know if it's cops you don't know which department it is right you know if it's an ambulance and people don't move no they don't <laughs> Do people move what's that about um i don't know because i remember taking the test for a driver's <laughs> right? license and it's pulled to the right yeah for sirens and lights that right? used to be the rhyme and then and yeah. then and then you wait 500 feet yeah you let them pass you and you wait yeah. 500 until they're 500 feet away and then you go right on the test right, right? yes not the only one, right? Right. Okay. Right. Is and it still on the test? Because maybe we should take the test again. Still on the test. Yeah, <laughs> still on the test. But people like to, the other trend I see is people, they're in their spot in line and they don't mm -hmm. want to lose that spot. Yeah. So if pulling over, they feel that, you know, and I, I get it because they've been in this horrendous LA traffic for the longest time. Yeah. But we need to get through. Yeah. I always tell people, you know, that may be your mother maybe your father, exactly. maybe your house that's on fire exactly. that we're going to and exactly. you're not aware of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, people, do, and many times I'm on the PA system telling them, gotta move forward and to the right, please. Yeah, wow, um, yeah. to that, oh my God. Yeah. I moved over even before because mm -hmm. my uncles, when I lived back in Houston, they were law enforcement. So I was taught from a very young age, move out of the way. Right. My mindset back then was more for the policeman mm -hmm. because that's, you know, again, familial relation. So, you, you know, there's a cop getting through and they got to go and they got to mm -hmm. fight crime, yes. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But now knowing you and knowing what you do, having known you for so long, 
I, I just want to get out and move somebody's car. I wish yes. I were the Hulk. <laughs> I swear, because I would literally get out and move cars to the yes. side of the road. Because I know what you guys are doing. Yes. And what you just said, you're going to go save somebody's life and or somebody's house mm -hmm. and or somebody's property. And it could be their father. So you're so, so the, so the person who's not moving over, they're so wrapped up in their own head. Right. Traffic, stress, mm -hmm. their life situation. And believe me, I get that. And I'm not judging anybody. What, what I'm trying, why the reason I brought you on the show today is to make you aware of what I'm aware of, which is these guys <laughs> do amazing things and they help people. And it may not be your dad, but you know what? It may be your friend's dad that they're going to save. It may be your friend's mom. It may be your best friend's aunt who they treasure above anything in the world that they're trying to go save. And if you're sitting there and you're not moving because you're wrapped up in your own head with self-importance or whatever the situation may be, you're not giving them the opportunity because we're going to talk about this in a minute, but one minute matters. You may think it doesn't, but one minute matters. So let's talk about the minutes Okay. and calls. Yes. When you get to a place and some of the situations you've been in, how dire are they? Oh, it's at a point where if you don't take aggressive action, they're going to pass away in front of you. Right. And then there's nothing that you can do to bring them back. Yeah. That's how bad that they're either injured or sick. Yeah. So minutes matter. Um, even getting them to the hospital, those minutes matter as well. Um, we're fortunate in Los Angeles County that we have the trauma system. We have hospitals that are specialized in all sorts of different things, either pediatric trauma, um, pediatric patients themselves, mm -hmm. um, strokes, stroke centers as, as they call them. And um, the, the thing that's been going on for I think the last 10 years is what we call the STEMI center. Okay. And uh, now we do a 12 lead kg on you, which is uh, tells us a lot more. It's more detailed. Okay. And if the readout tells us that oh this person is having this type of a heart problem and he needs a STEMI center, uh, we transmit that information. We transmit what we're seeing to the hospital. We get to the hospital, and then they have those specialized physicians waiting, and we. After they do their initial exam, we take them right into the room to get that blockage removed. Wow. Yeah. And it used to be stick them in the emergency room. They'd run a bunch of tests on them. Mm -hmm. They call, would call in a cardiologist. And then who knows where that cardiologist is coming from. And then after he does his test and he says, okay, we need to put him in this room to clear out that blockage. And a lot of agencies across the United States are now looking at that, to that as very important subject. Mm -hmm. um, they're trying to treat it, but still, because of bureaucracy and so forth, don't wait, don't wait for them to get you help, mm -hmm. you go get yeah, the help. you need to get it yourself, you know? yeah. And there's not a, don't look at it as a stigma um, because, you know, there are those of us like me, yeah. I'm very open about it. I like to tell people that I've been through it because what I'm trying to tell them is it's okay to have feelings. It's okay to sit in a corner and cry yeah. about this horrendous call that you went on. It's yeah. okay to, you know, to feel numb. Yeah. It's normal. 
but when it starts affecting you, it starts, you know, we have the highest divorce rate, mm -hmm. you know, 70% divorce rate. That's among police officers and fire. Mm -hmm. um, as I stated, chemical dependency, just all sorts of things. Right. But that's the, uh, that's a byproduct, unfortunately, of the job. Yeah. Well, you know, I created this app, yes. the Masters of Mindfulness app. Yes. And it has a lot of different features on there mm -hmm. to help de-stress. It's a very good app. To help. By thank the way. you. I like thank it. You. I Yay. enjoy it. Oh my gosh! Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but to help de-stress, to help relax, to help you know bring all of that, bring all that, make you aware. Because you yes. guys also, I'm talking to everybody else out there about being aware and being aware of what's going on with them. But but you guys have to be aware of what's going on with you. Mm. And, and aware of when you're too stressed out right. and when you're not feeling good. Right. And when you're not feeling good here and here, and this is the heart, yes. uh, although Matt won't let me touch it, um, <laughs> Matt being our sound guy. Um, so, so being aware of what's going on inside here and then being aware of what's going on inside here. Yes. And really coming to an understanding so that you can be great yourself, yes. so that you can get better because you do slide. Mm -hmm. These are difficult things that you're seeing. Yes. These are difficult things that you're going through. These are difficult things that you're hands-on mm -hmm. experiencing. Having another human life in your hands, yes. getting to a, a scene and being too late and not being able to help, that's heartbreaking sometimes. Yes. You know? Yeah. And, and, and so that's, I think, why I was a little bit tough on you viewers earlier because it's not just affecting you, you, you possibly not pulling out of the way and letting them through. It's not just affecting that your family or friends or whatnot, or somebody who you don't know. It actually really affects these guys because you're at the front. Yes. You know, and if you can't say that the, again, you're pat, you were passionate enough to want to help us by taking this job on. You know, and so that passion's still there. And so if you're not able to help, it's hard. Yeah. 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 So you've got like kind of a double-edged sword going on. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All the time. Yeah. Same thing with the policemen. Yes. Because I'm sure you know a few. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's funny because when you put us together in a room, same complaints. <laughs> yeah. Same issues. And we, yeah. we laugh about it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of uh, four-letter words are used, but, uh, <laughs> oh, no. but it's once again, it's our way of like yeah, dealing yeah. with it. You yeah, know? totally, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I'm glad that you love the app. Um, we yes. we definitely want to kind of get in there and with the fire department and the police and yes. and help them learn how to use the app and and learn and really learn how to face. So, or how to learn how to deal with certain things, I guess, right. I say. But mm -hmm. we'll talk about that yeah. privately yeah. without you guys. Um, <laughs> but we'll talk about you guys with you guys too. So Max, yes. we have to end the show because it's, it's always wonderful talking to you. You and I yes. can talk for like a million years and it can be like, oh, what? It's four days later? What? Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. I would love to um, because, again, 33 years of experience as a paramedic, 32 years as a fire department captain, uh, or sorry, on the fire department, yes. and then a captain. There's a lot that you know, and a lot of knowledge that I pull out of you. Yes. But I want all of you guys to know Max like I know Max. Oh, thank you. So what I would like to do is I would like to do a series with you 
called Safety First. That'll be good. And we can talk about um, how to provide you guys with the knowledge that he has of how you can protect yourself, how you can save yourself, so to speak, in, in uh, very healthy ways. Uh, some awareness, some, some. But we'll come up with that. Uh, okay. We'll break down those shows. And so, thank you. Do you have any advice you want to leave us with Oh, right now? Well, the uh, only advice I can um, actually give is if, uh, if you're in a, a dire situation and you feel that you, know, you have a life-threatening emergency, by all means, dial 911. We'll be there for you. We'll, we'll do our best to try to help you. Thank you. You're thank welcome. You feel good about that because um, I know it's the truth. So, so thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you guys for watching. Um, no, I was a little tough on you guys earlier, but trust me, it's only from the goodness of my heart because I want everybody to be safe and everybody to be, you know, able to go home at the end of the day. Go home to your family, go home to your loved ones, be a part of this world for many more years to come. Stay tuned for the series that Max and I are going to do called Safety First. This man is a wealth of knowledge and I'm so grateful that you are willing to share it with everybody that you can. Thank you. You guys have a great day. Thank you for paying attention. Thank you for being here on the Masters of Mindfulness series on a personal note. Take care.